Hello and welcome to the 48 Volts podcast. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit more rambly, um, covering a, a couple of different topics, but I'm going to try and sort out some kind of format and structure for each episode if I can, and uh, try and get them out in some kind of order with some coherency, I suppose. Uh, but this one covers sort of uh, a little bit of microphones and a little bit of desks, uh, which I, uh, yeah, I'm definitely a, a front of house person, although I do quite like my RF. Try something a little bit different today. I'm using the Shaw Beta 58A. Um, interested to see how it comes out um, after all the processing that goes on. So uh, let me know what you think. In theory, it should be a little bit smoother. Um, there might be a little bit more noise because, of course, it's a dynamic mic, so I'm going to have to boost the gain um, considerably more. My uh, Focusrite 2i2 is sat at almost 100% gain, or 10 on the dial. Uh, so hopefully it's not too noisy, I'll try and gate some stuff as well, to just bring that noise floor down a little bit, and uh, probably not hit it too hard with the compressor either, so... I don't plan on shouting, but um, I will have a limiter in there just in case I do, um, or I end up clipping, which obviously with it being an audio podcast, I definitely don't want that. I'm also rather quite curious about um, what engineers prefer to use on vocals on stage while I'm talking about microphones. I, of course, I'm used to using dynamic mics, um, especially at uni we use, well we of course have a lot of SM58s because that's just standard, but I try to get away from using them if, if I possibly can. I quite like the tone of the Sennheiser E945, um, I find it has a really nice top end, that's the, um, it's not sibilant, but it's nice and bright, um, and the low end is quite controlled. Um, same goes for this uh, Shaw Beta 58A, I find it has a really nice low end that's nice and tight, which is because sometimes the SM58 can be a bit boomy, I find. Um, so if I'm going to use a microphone and it's going to be short and it's going to be affordable, is probably going to be this one, uh, just based on the tone, and the price is pretty good to be honest, but ideally I'd want a uh, E945 if I possibly can, and of course um, when, it, when it comes to wireless I'd, I'd want maybe at least an e, E935 on that, um, all the 900 ranges is pretty nice, I mean you pay premium for it, but it's pretty nice, and then obviously you can step up to, you know, uh, DPA capsules and the more um, expensive Neumann and Sennheiser capsules that you can stick on there. Um, but generally for stage vocals, I like uh, the E945 if I can possibly get it, and, you know, if not, I'll bring my own, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I'll bring my own Beta 58A. Because, you know, I can trust it, and I know what it does, but I do have a 58, I actually have a wireless 58, um, I have a GLXD system, which uh, works quite well, although it is 2.4 gigahertz, so it can be a bit patchy, but otherwise it works pretty well. I'm just speaking a little bit about um, RF, the, I was watching a webinar for Sennheiser, and the, obviously it's not new, but the digital uh, 9000 system 
is uh, really quite a clever bit of kit, um, especially the fact that it, it doesn't create any IM products whatsoever, which I think is fantastic. Um, also the um, sort of uh, frequency distribution or management software is actually really quite powerful. Um, I've only seen it in action a couple of times, um, well, with the uh, slightly lower end, uh, sort of 6,000 and slightly further back, but it still seems pretty, pretty, um, pretty together, to, uh, to say the least. Um, Shaw's wireless workbench is good as well. Uh, just going back to microphones, um, I think probably the one of the most popular capsules for wireless um, is probably the uh, DPA de facto with the I think it's the 4018 uh, capsule that's uh, that's on there, a nice uh, condenser capsule. Sounds really nice, uh, especially for recorded concerts where it requires post mixing. Um, by you know the recording engineer or whoever does it and it sounds really nice and really clear and crisp um i know that uh, billy eilish uses the se uh, v7 capsule which also sounds quite nice that's a dynamic capsule um but it can sound quite nice and quite clear and quite bright when it's uh, mixed that way um i'm i'm yet to sort of delve into the world of using uh, condenser capsules for vocals on stage. Of course, there's no reason why you can't. I know they sort of they've got a certain stigma with them that they're really delicate and you can't put them near anything loud. Or if you drop them, they're going to break. But there's been so many advancements in um, technology for protecting capsules and um, the housing around them that protects the capsules that make sure that if they do hit the floor, which they inevitably will, um, that they don't just break straight away especially when you're paying a couple of grand uh, for a microphone like a, a dpa de facto or something that they might make i know dpa is probably one of the most expensive uh, live sound microphone brands i know they make a lot of instrument microphones as well um but the advancements are there to make sure that it's because it's I think it's easier to mix a condenser because you don't need to do as much to it. It's all there because it all goes up to sort of 22, 23K uh, in the frequency response. So you just a little bit of um, additive EQ perhaps in the top end and then some subtractive in the lows and the low mids to get rid of some of the boominess and of course the rumble from the stage. And you're pretty much there for your vocal and just add some nice compression. Uh, we have a Yamaha CL5 at university and it is lovely, especially with the Rupert Neve plugins that it comes with. They are very useful and the, um, uh, I can't remember, I think it's called Adaptive EQ, something like that, um, which uh, you can, it's basically a fancy-ish multiband compressor. Um, I haven't used it in a while, of course I've not been there, uh, and I've not used it much. But from what I can see, it's it's quite handy on uh, maybe a drum bus or a bass bus uh, just to get rid of some of the frequencies that might not always be there. But when they are there, you probably want to get rid of them just to clean up your signal a little bit, clean up your mix, and make sure that uh, certain instruments aren't standing on top of another. 
because you definitely don't want that. Um, so that's definitely a very handy feature. Uh, the CL5 is a lovely board, just going onto boards briefly. Um, it's probably one of my favourites. Uh, I've used an LS9 as well. Not many people like the LS9. I I quite liked it. I, I thought it was... You had to do a little bit of digging to get to everything. Um, quite a lot of pages, whereas the CL5, everything's more on top, especially with the sort of central logic uh, in the middle. And then you've got your knobs and buttons on the left of the screen. But... I quite liked, uh, you know, all your faders were the, on the LS9. I think there was, it was either 24 or 32 on the top layer. Um, I could be wrong on that because there was a 16 and then I think there was a 24. I think that was it. Um, and that was, that was, I like having a lot of faders. That's why I know that more front of house desks are getting less and less faders, like the uh, SQ5 um, that a lot of engineers like from uh, Alan and Heath. Whereas on Monitor World, you'd have the SQ7 or something like that, uh, or an SQ6. And I prefer more faders, personally. I prefer to more have more hands-on, rather than flicking through 7 million different pages of faders and layers. Um, I prefer everything on hand and see where everything is, see all my meters everywhere. Although the CL5 does have quite a lot of meters on the front panel to show you all your matrices and your buses and your master bus and things like that which can also be configured and I think that's really handy as well but I do like to see individual channel fader meters because I find them really handy um, but yeah I'll go into uh, boards a little bit more in the next episode but uh, the CL5 is definitely one of my top favorites thank you for listening to my just ramblings um i'm definitely gonna try and get some kind of structure together for each episode but uh yeah that was a little bit on microphones on desks uh which i'm quite passionate about um and i'm gonna start maybe looking at some more rf stuff and uh the advancements that's be that are being made there uh definitely but um yeah thank you for listening um i'm not really sure what this podcast is for yet i'm just sort of doing it because i enjoy it um any comments are welcome. I'm not sure whether you can comment on iTunes or something like that, but um, I'm trying to include my email address or something like that um, so you can get in touch if you want to. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, ta-ra! <laughs>